Fourteen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 281 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And I've come to count on Brooklyn Nine-Nine as one thing on the internet about the American police that is not utterly horrifying. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, true story. Woo! Woo. <laughs> and I say that as someone who, who's got a bunch of friends who are cops. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Well, you know, if we can get into the whole cop thing later, let's just yeah, let's let's go right yeah. past that. I knew that joke was risky when I came up with it. Yeah, let's let's start this off this show about cop comedy with us. You know that doing that. Ooh, womp, womp, womp. So yes, we no, are that space quest. That was space quest. That was also womp womp womp. Uh, we're we are doing a police squad from and uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, the originator of the Naked Gun series, Police Squad. Indeed. Uh, yes. We will get to that. We will get to that. And if you like Naked Guns, <laughs> you might like the shows on the Podcast Collective. I like Naked anything. Such I, as? I think there's some things that you would not appreciate naked. Such as Joel's own Sunshine Happy Panther. <laughs> also, the Dog and Deuce <laughs> show. Woo! Mom and the new dad. <laughs> and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. <laughs> See, I went with a theme there of podcast shows you might not want to see naked. Uh, Mom and the new dad. I don't know. It depends on, depends on the new dad. dad is? Ah. <laughs> you knew right where that joke was going. I thought of something you don't want to see nude, Patrick. Starts with a D and ends with an M key. Oh. <laughs> I'm not killing this joke. That's all. All right. If you're looking for our older stuff, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, PodverseFM, NewFM.com, and Podchaser, where you can leave us a review. And we are now on Spotify. Ah. Whoa. Yeah. I was going to drop that one if you forgot it. Uh, I did not. We are on I was, Spotify. I was actually going to help. I was ready. I know. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Jo- <laughs> Patrick is helping. Yay. I'm He's helping. still a disappointment to me. But my standards are high. Well, not just you. (laughs) (laughs) Just because you're not on the list. All right. If you're looking for our older stuff, let's go there. I'm saying this again. All right. 708 now wrap. If you want to call us and tell us that we repeat ourselves too often. uh, But somebody's already told us that before. (laughs) 708-669-9727. I'm pretty sure we don't have any voicemail. No. We don't anyway, even if we do. Any other yeah. feedback? No. Yes. Yeah. Feedback? Yeah. I keep bitching to these people to call us, and we don't even, we could have seven voicemails for all we know. I think they're all like in cahoots now. Yeah. For all you know. <laughs> cahoots? Cahoots. I love the word cahoots. That is a good word. I, I haven't been in cahoots in a while. It's probably a good reason for that. <gasps> That's a good restaurant name. Cahoots. A good reason for that? No, good restaurant name. Think oh. about that. It's a pretty popular uh, quiz app that they use in educational settings. Kahoot. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Missed the boat, Pat. There's a Cahoots in Fayetteville. Is that a restaurant in Fayetteville? Yeah. Cahoots Restaurant in Fayetteville has three stars on Yelp. Yelp. Yeah. It's closed Is it right next now. to a shenanigans? <laughs> <laughs> You're not wearing enough flair. <laughs> on that note, I think it's about that time. Yes. Insert theme here. And sports. 
All right. So March 4th, 1982 is the premiere of Police Squad, the TV show. I had no idea. Uh, I knew it was out, but I never realized it was that early in the 80s. I actually thought it was earlier. I, I would have guessed it was late 70s. Really? Yeah, 79, I think, 80. I think I would have guessed that too. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. Joel, music. Right, music. The number one song in the land was Centerfold by the Jay Giles Band. Nah, 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 nah. I like that song. Great song. Yep. I think it's better than Freeze Frame, although I like Freeze Frame too. No, Centerfold is definitely better. Uh, I would agree. Strange bit of karaoke. Centerfold is one of Sarah's karaoke songs. Really? Really? Yep. Huh. We have got to go to karaoke. Bar. Yep. I want to hear that. Oh man. If we if we all make it to the same karaoke bar, we need to uh sing. Sing and get I think we need to get like uh this out Drunk. as an event. <laughs> I think for me, karaoke, like once I stopped drinking as heavily and they stopped allowed smoking in bars, I realized that karaoke is having fun for three minutes and then waiting for two hours. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why you go with a group. So, and you stagger your performances. So you're not yeah. waiting so long and then you can like watch your friends sing and it's, it's a little more, it's a little more fun. I got it down to a science back when I had friends. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Josh. Do you remember when you and I dominated the karaoke the one night doing uh million dollars by uh bare naked ladies? I, I got a gap in my memory, it's about four years. It's all kind of a blur. So, all right, just assume that you remember that. If it he didn't awesome. have that gap, he would have a million dollars. He'd be rich. <laughs> I may have had a million dollars. But you drank it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so moving on, on March 3rd, the Mamas and the Papas begin a reunion tour booked as the new Mamas and the Papas with a show in the New York club, The Other End. Oh. Original members, John Phillips and Denny Doherty. <laughs> no, The Other End, The Other End. <laughs> were joined by Mackenzie Phillips and Spanky McFarlane, replacing Michelle Gilman and Mama Cass, respectively. Spanky McFarlane, that was my nickname in high school. Not just high school. What yeah, well, still my nickname. I'm calling you that for years. I love that. Joel name. McFarlane. Spanky McFucknugget. <laughs> no, that's that's his cousin. Anyway, so on March 4th was the creation of Frank Zappa's son, Dweezil and daughter, Moon Units, Led Zeppelin tribute band, Fred Zeppelin. Not to be confused with Dread Zeppelin. Well, it's one of those uh, things that they're... they're it basically oh. was created simply for live shows like they have all kinds of celebrities show up you know musicians and and just actors and sing singers and whatever or greta van cleep and do all kinds of you know different cameos and stuff so like whenever they do a fred zeppelin show it's actually kind of a big deal it is kind of crazy though that their parody band name is a more normal human name than either of their actual names <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth right there Ah, so finally, Amanda Shires, born March 5th, is an American singer-songwriter and violin player. She also plays a ukulele. She had performed as a member of the Texas Playboys, Thrift Store Cowboys, and Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit. Shires has released six solo albums, and her vocals have been lit likened to those of Dolly Parton. Licking. songwriting has been compared to Tom Waits. It's a nice combination. Huh. Dolly yeah. Parton singing Tom Waits. That's... Well, I, yeah. I included that because I figured that might be something of interest to Joel. He might want to look her up. Or Tom Waits singing Dolly Parton. Islands in the stream. <laughs> that is what they are. Hey, don't, do not lie to me. You would love 
a Tom Waits version of Jolene. Dude, I think I would love a Tom Waits I will, version I'm, of I'm Jolene. I'm totally in. Someone get in contact with that man. Uh, I've got his number on speed dial. Hold on. <laughs> While we're waiting for Joel to make a call, I will go on to movies. The top movie in the land was On Golden Pond. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I think. <laughs> <laughs> on Golden Pond. Hey, you want to go last week? On a nine-week run. I love On Golden Pond. It's one it's of my a, favorite. It is actually a really good movie. I actually re- one of the few movies as a kid that I remember going to the theater to see. Yep. You know what do you like to do? I don't know. Cruise chicks, suck face. <laughs> I need to watch it again because I'm sure I saw on Golden Pond the last time when I was too young to properly get it. Like I yeah. probably saw it the last time in like '85. You would, you honestly, you would, you would like it now as an adult. It's a much, it's a much more mature movie. I mean, as a like a teenager, you don't appreciate it. Yeah, I and I when I probably last saw it, I was like ten or eleven. So yeah, I, I, I think I've seen it, but yeah, it was a long time ago. I honestly I can't recommend it enough. It's one of it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, really? I'll have to go back and watch it. Yep. Cuz that was definitely one where like the parents uh would have rented that for th- themselves and like something kid related for us. Like on Golden Pond which we sat through so we could watch Teen Wolf. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Six Pack. Catherine Hepburn's uh last role. Huh. Really? Oh. Really? Yep. Well, yep. at least she went out on a good one, you know. Not like Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't in Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Hepburn as Chun Li. The son's in jail. That is so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to cast her as Dalton. That's a much better casting as it. Oh, oh Jesus! God, All that's right. amazing. Philip Kindred Dick. And his twin sister were born six weeks prematurely in Chicago, Illinois. A writer known for his work in science fiction, his work explored philosophical, social, and political themes with stories dominated by monopolistic corporations, alternative universes, authoritarian governments, and altered states of consciousness. A variety of popular films based on Dick's works have been produced, including Blade Runner, Total Recall, Minority Report, the Adjustment Bureau, and Blade Runner 2049. The Man in the High Castle was made into a multi-season television series. The death of Philip's twin Jane six weeks after their birth on January 26th, 1929, profoundly affected Philip's life, leading to the recurrent motif of the phantom twin in his books. He died on March 1st at age 53 due to complications from a stroke. In 2007, Dick became the first science fiction writer to be included in the Library of America series. Now, did he write 2049, or was they just saying that it was based on the characters that he wrote for Blade Runner? Blade Runner was based off of Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And I think Blade... I'm I'm relatively certain that Blade Runner 2049 was just an expansion off the world. There was no Philip K. Dick story that went along with that. I think probably right. just writing credit then. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't remember from the show that we did whether or not it was discussed, but I'm, it probably was. But that's one of the things I told my girls is like, we go to see a sci-fi movie. If you really dug it and you thought it was a great movie, chances are it's based off a Philip K. Dick book. Yeah. I mean, my, my favorite out of those outside of Blade Runner, uh, the Adjustment Bureau is a great sci-fi movie. 
I've heard some good things about is the that. The, is that the one with Matt Damon? With all yeah. the hats? Yeah, they, they yeah, you have to wear the hat and go through the doors. Yeah, I saw that in the theater. That was pretty good. It was. It was. I really liked it. I mean, between Minority Report, I'm not a big fan on. Total Recall, I uh, sorry, Pat, I'm not a huge fan of that. But I the Adjustment Bureau no. had just enough weirdness to it that I liked it. Hmm. Yeah, my favorite is still Total Recall. Oh, yeah. uh, I think I'm with Pat on that. Although I enjoy the world created by Minority Report. I've just got some problems with the story they told in that world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're kinda, yeah. All right. Moving on. Jessica Biel, American actress who gained popularity with Seventh Heaven, was born in Eli, Minnesota on March 3rd. She starred in many films, including The Rules of Attraction, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Blade Trinity, The A-Team, Total Recall, and the acronym of the week, which is I-N-P-Y-C-A-L, which I'm pretty sure stands for Illinois Nazis playing Yentl, clapping, and laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That was a hell of a... I hate Uh, Illinois Nazis. I have no idea. Who would have thought? (laughs) Oh, They're they're so complex. Who knew? Oh, Papa, can you hear me? Hitler, can you hear me? No, that was so clever. I don't even miss the dicks. <laughs> no, that was actually, um, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh. Yeah. Never seen it. It was inter- entertaining. It wasn't, you know, anything amazing. Except for, you know, Jennifer Beale's ass. There's a scene in there where she's, you know, standing there in her undies. And, he, you know, Adam Sandler's playing up the I'm gay joke. Ah, yeah. Mm. Oh, number twenty-eight in his catalog. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Jessica right. Biel is a is a highly attractive female. Agreed. Thora Birch, American actress from American Ooh. Beauty and Ghost World, was born on March eleventh in Los Angeles, California. Speaking of attractive females, indeed. One of several talents. Hell? Wasted in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh my god, that movie made me so mad. I know, right? Oh my yeah. god, I I have such a hatred for that movie. I was with a really big group to see it too, well, like well, a I dozen mean, people. How the do you take is- such a good concept and have such a great cast and just produce such poo? The thing was, is that when that came out, I was actually working for Wizards of the Coast. And someone had this bright fucking idea that we should get people out to theaters and put up a whole display about Dungeons and Dragons so people would buy the books when they're at the movie theater. The movie sucked, so I wind up sitting in a goddamn booth with a Dungeons and Dragons banner and a bunch of books and people mocking me. The theater, because that movie sucked so bad. Yeah, that would have been a great idea if the movie hadn't been a pile of turd. Oh, yeah, completely. You know what? Let's make let's make uh, a RPG out of uh, Game of Thrones, and let's go sit in, uh, somewhere in. Well, there is that, isn't there? I don't think it's very good. No, uh, so. there's there's pretty well. There's a couple good games associated with games of Game of Thrones. Okay. Only five more episodes left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I only have how many? How many seasons is there? Uh, seven. Something. Yeah, we're on the last one right yeah. now. Only, All right. By the time it's over, the winds of winter. Yeah. I, I, I need to catch up on six seasons then. So, TV. <clears throat> the top shows in the land are 60 Minutes, Dallas, MASH, and Magnum P.I. I always thought Dallas was later in the 80s. I didn't realize it was probably in the beginning of its run. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I think it ran for 
quite a while. Okay. And that's a show that I every once in a while I float because they, they brought it back, but you guys keep shooting it down. Let's see. Dallas started in 1978. And what? Yep, I, wow. 78 to 91, 14 seasons. Good God. And then, of course, there was the reboot a couple of years ago. It's no Falcon Crest. <laughs> All right. It's so, no Mark Knott's Landing. Yeah. That was my parent show, Knott's Landing, man. Yeah. My mom watched all three of those <laughs> at the same time. I don't think so. That'd be confusing. So, March 8th is the airing of The Night of 100 Stars, a benefit for the Actors Fund taped at Radio City Music Hall and broadcast by ABC. Okay. I actually know about this one. Uh, especially in this year and the next couple of years, if just watching all of them walk out, it is mind blowing. The level of like incredible top tier all time performers you see one after another, because you've got like the beginning of the career of guys like Sylvester Stallone, and you've still got guys who are at the end of their career from like the fifties. Oh my God. Uh, I'm looking at those. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll have to find a a YouTube video. A coworker of mine played the YouTube video of them just all walking out, and it is actually legit impressive, all the people who got on the stage at one time. Hmm. Like Alec Alec Guinness standing next to Clint Eastwood. Well, Lauren Bacall standing next to Pearl Bailey. (laughs) Damn. When he said the Actors Fund, all I could hear was the Human Fund. Seinfeld joke, sorry. Never mind. Warren Ooh. Betty, Tony Bennett, Milton Berle, Tom Bosley. Yeah. Barry mm-hmm. Boswick. George Burns, Ellen Burstyn, James Kahn, James Cagney. Good God. Linda Carter, Patrick Cassidy, Richard Chamberlain, Carol Channing, Dick Clark, James Coco. <laughs> He's got a funny name. <laughs> All right. So moving on. He's named after the sign language gorilla. Really? I didn't realize the gorilla was that old. Uh, (laughs) All right. On March 5th, the legendary John Belushi was found dead of a drug overdose at 33 at the Chateau Mamont Hotel in Los Angeles, California, after doing a speedball. Among other things. Yeah, because heroin and cocaine is a great mix. Strangely, that is a super relevant fact for this week. We'll get to get back to that. Not so long. And who did he leave behind? James. Later on, we're going to hear Joel do a speedball. <laughs> so yeah, why why did why did, why did John have to go and not James? Such a shame. I know. All right, so Kat Von D, Mexican-American tattoo artist and reality TV actress, was born on March 8th, uh, was actually married to uh, Marilyn Manson for a little while, I believe. All right. <laughs> Lucy disagrees. I got yep, you. shaking her head. Right. Also on the 8th Annual People's Choice Awards held on March 10th, Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, and Jane Fonda won in the motion picture categories, and Ellen Alda and Barbara Mandrell won in the television categories. That is the most 80s sentence I've ever said in my life. I love Ellen Alda. That is a very 80s sentence, yes. Anything that includes Barbara Mandrell winning something. 
Barbara Man. She used to have like a variety show, didn't she? No, Barbara Mandrell's a country singer. No, but she used to. Ha- yeah, she used to have a variety show. Oh, maybe that I don't know. All right. Hmm. So uh, the animated Spider-Man show that you all know and love from its super catchy theme song had its last episode air on March sixth. Stop pointing at me. I'm not pointing at you. You're pointing at me. Stop pointing at me. <laughs> Moving on to sports. <laughs> I got nothing, man. Woo. Woo. Ben Roethlisberger, NFL quarterback and Super Bowl champion, was born in Lima, Ohio on March 1st. Mm, I'm assuming you guys right. have heard of him. Yes. Even kind I'm of a big name. Him. On March 10th, Salim Malik scored a century in the second inning of his test cricket debut versus Sri Lanka. Good on him. Way to go, Salim. See, we know what that is by now. The name Salim? No. When I say he scored a century, we all know what that means. Right. Or not. I'm feeling a sticky wicket. When you score 100 points, a century. Oh, right. All right, moving on. (laughs) I thought we had learned cricket facts. Apparently not. I got a maiden. (laughs) We have have short-term memory loss. Landon Timothy Donovan, born March 4th, is a professional football player. He holds numerous individual records in Major League Soccer and for the United States national team and is regarded as one of the greatest U.S. men's soccer players of all time. He retired as a player in 2014, but made a brief comeback with the LA Galaxy late in the 2016 season and then in the 2018 season to play for the Club Lyon. In MLS, Donovan won a record six MLS Cups and is both the league's all-time top scorer with 145 goals and the league's all-time assist leader with a 136. The Major League Soccer MVP Award has been renamed the Landon Donovan MVP Award in his honor. That's pretty wow. big. Yeah, it is. I always right. like this song, uh, Mellow Yellow. They call it Mellow Yellow. Yes, <laughs> Electric banana. Like, whose idea was it to ever like smoke a banana peel? Also, uh, that was that was the singer Donovan, not Landon Donovan. Yeah. Singer Donovan played soccer? Well, he may have. I'm not going to say no, but it was definitely not the, the guy that scored 145 goals, and the MVP award is not named after Donovan the singer. Oh. Yeah. Should have been. Ooh. And lastly, on March 6th, the NBA's highest scoring game was played when San Antonio beat Milwaukee 171 to 166 Jesus. in three overtimes. <laughs> <laughs> One year later, the record was again set in another triple overtime game that ended 186 to 184. The oh same God. Teams? No, two different teams, but oh. yeah, it's crazy. It was uh, that actually was uh, Detroit and um, Denver. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, well, I mean, in the mid to early 80s, anybody that played Denver was going to set scoring records because they. Um, they had adopted a six seconds or less mentality, meaning that, you know, defense meant nothing. It was just try to outscore your opponents. So everybody had career years against them for a few years. 
I thought it was if they dropped the football and it was on the floor for less than six seconds, they'd try to eat it. Uh, it's a basketball, first of all. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and second of all, you're the only one that tries to eat the sports equipment, Josh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but I've, I've got a strict two-second rule. <laughs> all right. So that's uh, the twee. Joel, take us out. Woo. All right. So we were thinking about what we needed to do for a new show. And uh, cop comedy shows came up. No, actually, this was a suggestion. Was uh, it? Yeah. Who suggested um, this? Karen. 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 I was going to yeah. say, I was just going to play the odds and say it was Karen. Because most yep. of our good ideas come from Sarah or Karen. Karen, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you, Karen. Yeah, so, uh, what do you, what do you sit here and wait for her to, to say you're welcome? Well, that was a good impression of her. I think it was. that was Joel. So uh, Police it Squad was. came out in 1982. Uh, it's a comedy TV series on ABC by David Zucker, Jim Abrams, and Jerry Zucker, known for such classic movies as Airplane and Police Squad, The Naked Gun. Um, it's a spoof of police procedural comedies. One of those with the voiceovers, and I was on my way to the scene of the crime, and my boss was already there. Uh, like dragnet. Yeah, very yeah. much very dragnet-y. Um, and part of the reason they, uh, they, they had Leslie Nielsen in it, because he, his rule was, the rule for him was, deliver your lines no matter how ridiculous as ser they are as seriously as possible which made them even more funnier yeah which so, he's very good at that Being oh, yeah. a, you know a serious actor prior to that it's it's perfect it was a great blend of using that that style of acting with with the slapstick comedy Mm -hmm. yeah, his very deadpan delivery on just some completely asinine lines and situations, oh. and <laughs> and and one of my favorite lines from this show is the uh, uh, we would have come earlier. No, no, we we would have come earlier, but your husband wasn't wasn't murdered then. No, the um, cigarette. Yes, it is. They arrest somebody, <laughs> and they they arrest they arrest a the perpetrator, and they uh, his boss goes. Uh, Officers, take her and Booker and Leslie oh, Nielsen yeah. and turn around. <laughs> Officer, take her. Officer Booker and it's take her away and Booker. Yeah. Take her Officer, away and Booker. Officer, take her away. <laughs> Officer Booker, and it's so funny is that it was actually canceled after six six episodes, but TV Guide has ranked it as number seven on the list of their sixty shows that were canceled too soon. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's a very niche comedy because. You have to pay so much attention. You have to be listening and watching everything because the jokes are so rapid fire and subtle, and they're based on like just twisting around, like 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 the the taker away and Booker. If you're not really listening, you're just gonna miss that joke. Oh yeah, yeah, completely. And there's and I've seen all six episodes multiple times. It is, and, it is one of my favorite TV shows. And if you're a guy that you know had, isn't familiar with this type of comedy, because it was kind of you know cutting edge, the Zuckers you know were not known very much at this time, and Airplane had only recently come out. You know, 
if you're not looking for that type of humor, if you're not into that type of humor and you hear, oh, there's a new comedy coming out that sends up cop shows, let me watch it. And if you're not really watching or you don't get the idea or whatever, for whatever reason, you're just going to be, and there's no laugh track, no anything, you're going to be like, well, this isn't funny at all. That's one of the things that I think made it even more funny is that there's, I, I hate shows with laugh tracks. Oh, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't tell, tell me, me when it's funny. Right. If you if your if your show is is based around telling me when I need to laugh, you have a terrible show. And I'm looking right at you, Big Bang Theory. There, yeah, let's not go down that ther- that road again. We've tra- uh, we've been over this many many times. But mm-hmm. my po- my point being is, you know, the majority of the the popular TV watching group that isn't really watching TV to watch it. They just kind of like have it on or whatever. It's kind of in the background while they're making dinner or they're do- living their life or doing whatever. They just got home and they just want something on that they, they can kind of pay 75, 80% attention to and, you know, get some of the mm-hmm. jokes and, uh, you know, and, and if, you know, they, they're not looking for something that they got to, you know, intently watch. Mm-hmm. And this, this show benefits from being intently watched. Yeah, you. I, I mean, six epi- There's only six episodes. I've seen them multiple times, and even now, I'm catching jokes that I didn't catch before. Let's get back to this after we get through the cast and trivia, though. Okay, okay, totally. So Leslie Nielsen as Detective Frank Drebin, Alan North as Captain Ed Hocken, uh, Rex Hamilton as Abraham Lincoln, which and Rex Hamilton as Abraham Lincoln and, and the oh I mean it's it's from the immediate beginning of the credits even Ed Williams as Mr. Olson for six episodes William Dwell as Johnny and Peter Lupus as Nordberg uh which got changed of course got changed up to um OJ OJ Simpson in the movies but uh did not no. age well <laughs> that change. Yeah. No. <laughs> Did not um, work uh, out. John, Johnny's the shoe shine guy, right? Yes, he is. Yes. We're, we're I think about it, him in the trivia. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say I think his scenes might be my favorite scenes. Oh my god, yeah. Especially oh okay, I'll wait for it. Um <laughs> so each week special defeat a special guest star who was killed off in the opening credits. Lauren Green and William Conrad were knifed and tossed out of cars. George Stanford Brown had a safe dropped on him. Florence Henderson was shot doing a, uh, a musical number. Robert Goulet was executed by firing squad. And William Shatner avoids a burst of machine gunfire only to drink a glass of poisoned wine. The William Shatner one was pretty damn funny. Yeah. That may be my favorite one out of all of them, really. Uh, John Belushi filmed a cameo guest star appearance for episode six, Testimony of Evil, Dead Men Don't Laugh, showing him underwater wearing a pair of cement shoes. He died before the episode aired, so a new sequence was filmed with William Conrad. Told you we'd get back to it. Yep. Nice. Interesting. And that's sad. Yeah, I thought that lined up with the tweet real nice, completely unintentionally, since you and I were doing those at the same time. Yeah. Uh, in every episode, Drebin offers a pack of cigarettes to somebody and says, cigarette? In every single case, the person glances at him and says, yes, I know, or yes, they are. And he, he reacts the same way every single time. Uh, in each week, Frank... It's a funny line. It, it really is. 
Institute. <laughs> and each week, Frank Snitch, Johnny the Shoeshine Boy, who knew everything, would meet with somebody, someone else who Johnny could give useful if esoteric information. In the last three episodes, he met with real-life people as Dick Clark, Joyce Brothers, and Tommy Lasorda, even proving Dick proving Clark with a special bottle of anti-aging face cream. The Joyce Brothers one was funny. I think that the Dick Clark one is a joke that is even better like 10, 20 years later. Mm -hmm. Right. When he still hasn't aged. Yeah. 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 He didn't age until he did it all at once. <laughs> <laughs> There's a picture of Dick Clark out there somewhere and it looks like shit. <laughs> um, uh, when the ABC TV network canceled the series after six episodes, ABC entertainment president, Tony Thomopoulos claimed it was because the viewer had to watch it in order to appreciate it. Great reasoning there Tom, yeah Tony. what what's funny is that's kind of what you were saying though, yeah, Pat. yeah yeah but that's a poor way of saying it yeah. yeah it really is you have it's it's a comedy show that you you have to pay attention to uh in tv guide magazine would condemn that statement as the most stupid reason a network ever gave for ending a series however because the producers of the series were privately glad that the network did cancel them so soon because they felt they were rapidly running out of story material and had lost confidence they can continue for a full season. Fortunately, they were able to later continue the series, beginning the naked gun from the files of Police Squad in 1988 as a theatrical film series with the medium's inherently far less demanding production schedules. And honestly, I think we got the best of that one, because I would hate to see this show taper off into seasons where it just kept getting worse and worse. For sure. And for me, Naked Gun was my first exposure to uh, Frank Police Squad. Me too, yeah. actually. I, I was unaware of the show. I remember watching this when it, when it was released. I think it had a strange effect on me. As most things do. Yes, they do. <laughs> But yeah, no, this um, police squad is quite possibly one of the most, and going back to what we said, you cannot not pay attention. This is not just a comedy cop show. There are so many jokes, especially with the, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, da -da -da -da, Mr. Olsen, was it Ed Williams who plays the uh, the scientist? Oh, the scientist, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where he's like, now remember, Tommy, next week, bring in three things from your mom's underwear drawer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one where he's got the kids sitting in the electric chair. I mean, or or in just one of the most, the best, most subtle jokes from the entire show is when people walk from one room to the next and Frank Drebin just walks around the set piece. I mean, there's just so much. I mean, one of the things that they were actually worried about during this show was that the viewers were not able to catch all the jokes. And I think that's definitely true where, like you say, multiple watchings are required, I think, for almost anybody to get everything. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I'm I'm it's six episodes. I rewatched all of them for the show and I'm still getting jokes that are like in the background as like a, a piece of paper stapled to a bulletin board. Or just, you know, people in the background, they don't do like your typical background character type stuff. They're always back there trying to do their own jokes. Mm -hmm. 
Because I think I think it was one of those things where everybody on set was like, you know, fuck it, let's all go for laughs. Yeah, I mean, there's one episode when the um the oh then the tow truck got here and got rid of the car, and it's literally they they pull up a giant tow. I mean, there's some of them that are blatant like that, but there's so many of them that are just in the background you don't notice or commentary that you don't realize is so is funny. I mean, it's there's such good writing in this well, that uh, I I consider this this like what what I call this is a professional dad jokes basically. It's yeah, like, you know, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of puns. There's a lot of Joel type humor. There's a lot of groaners, but I mean, they're all like, they're not cheap ones. Usually some of them are, but I mean, the majority of them are like, you know, like well thought out dad jokes. Yeah. And what's funny is this genre of comedy eventually became something that I really dislike. I would say there's a clean line from the Zucker Abram Zucker stuff uh, through the scary movie and not another teen movie and those things where parody films eventually became not exactly highbrow entertainment. Mm -hmm. But th in this era, I still love them. I think there's a little bit more cleverness. There a were lot the, more subtlety. That's the thing is that they, it went from being subtle to being super blatant and in your face going from like you said like the first scary movie was good but then you kept moving past that to stuff like you know action action flick or whatever it was or or or, or it just became you know let's put you know the character that, that you know everybody knows from this movie in a different situation and just have them do something they would normally never do haha <laughs> the funny no, it's just having a character do something they wouldn't normally do is not just inherently funny. It's not. Like you still have to write something. You know, you can't just have like you know, Freddie. You know, breakdance. That's not a joke. It's entertaining though. But it's not a joke. No, that's me. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I th I was off of the parody movie train, probably before even before scary movie one i think i was off of the parody movie train in the first hot shots but i'm really picky when it comes to comedies yeah this is definitely not my style of comedy but i still love the naked gun movies i think they are the top of a genre that i don't like and they're so good that even though i don't like the genre they're a part of i love all three of those movies i think airplane is the top myself but air oh, okay i guess airplane is a uh, parody film oh, of the uh, old disaster movies and yeah. yeah it is a little bit better than the naked guns yeah airplane's a direct parody of airport right and you know what airplane if, if you're right pat I, I didn't consider that one as even part of the category but it really should be because airplane for me has been such a singular comedy that I, I didn't even loop it in with all the other parody films and i probably should I think it's pretty much like, yeah, the, the founder, the grandfather, whatever you want to call it, of the parody movies. For sure. Mm -hmm. Well, and speaking of the film versions, um, after rewatching this again and had not having seen it in a while, I think that it translated better to a film format, to be honest. Um, oh, yeah, it totally does. Because, because you, I mean, while the cigarette joke is funny, you can only do it so many times before you're like, oh, this is where he does a cigarette joke. Whereas in a movie, you only have an hour and a half to two hours of time to do this. 
and let's not you know discount it's a lot easier to do a background joke when you have a larger screen mm-hmm. right well because with this you know you you knew you were going to have the celebrity that died off you knew you were going to have the the fake the title that the guy says it's something else you're going to have the cigarette joke you're going to have you know the guy the uh the the doctor guy i can't think of what you want to call him he's in a lab coat Olson. um talking Everybody. to a kid inappropriately and then you're going to have you know the this, there's going to be a lot of clever wordplay and this, you know the informant you know you're going to have just these things that are fine but you don't have them every week because then it doesn't it kind of takes away from the joke even if it's funny too much of a running gag yeah and, and that's the thing that is i agree with you is that the the running gag in a movie is funny because you can get away with it three, maybe four times. If it's, if it's in the show, everybody's expecting it. Everyone's going to lose interest in it. And I'm Josh and I've had to do this 281 times. (laughs) (laughs) You, You know what? One of the subtle jokes that I really did like is the fact that the announced name of the, of the show of the episode was always different than what was on the screen. And again, it's, you know, it's funny the first couple of times, but it's like, do something a little different to tweak the joke, you know? But what do you well, do? I, I think that's even what they were talking about. It's like they were running out of ideas. They're like, we don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. So they were, that's why they were glad it only lasted six episodes too. But it's a pretty, you know, it's a solid uh, six episode run and that, that lend, led into you know, a much better, more solid three, you know, film trilogy. Um, and it just, it, it works a lot better in that format mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Nice beaver. Thanks. I just had it stuffed. Yeah. I do. I do enjoy the opening credits with the siren. Yes. Especially when they expanded on that and, it, you know, going all the kinds of going places it shouldn't be going, like the shower. And the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the car wash. <laughs> yes. I always liked it when Drebin would go off into his random uh, 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 flow of thought type things when when the one oh ralph do you know what it's like to be married to a wonderful man of 14 years oh god that whole scene when he started yes <laughs> I, I lived with a wonderful man for a year he was a pilot <laughs> i did i did live with a guy though once but that was just for a couple of years <laughs> flurs rumors innuendos it wasn't really that funny to me until he did then i lived with his son it just wasn't the same <laughs> something was gone something was missing Uh, go ahead. Keep I don't going. know that I had. I didn't have a, anything to say. I thought I did, and then I was like, <laughs> I don't really. Then I realized I just sat on my balls. That was all. <laughs> yeah, I, for whatever reason, was having microphone trouble, so all the stuff I had to say is long past now. <laughs> and, <laughs> you had everything to say when your mic wasn't working, and now that it's working, you're like, yeah. Well, I was I'm piping done. up left and right, and, and, I <laughs> and nothing was coming through. <laughs> you guys were talking over me, and there wasn't any response. I'm like, something's not right here. But then Joel realized he was doing the mime show while we were doing the uh, <laughs> show. 
So now we're past all of your points, and I don't remember what they were. Now, what, what if this actually has one of my favorite quotes of all time from a TV show? Who are you, and how did you get in here? I'm a locksmith, and I'm a locksmith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it's. I mean, it. The writing. One of the one of the reasons that they said that they got rid of the show was because they felt that the viewers couldn't keep up with the amount of jokes. It is a lot stuffed in a you know twenty two minute segment. Yeah. Well, and I think that's awesome, especially in the era where people weren't recording shows that like different people watching might have caught different jokes. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing, as far as I'm concerned. Well, and that gives it some staying power now that there is, uh, you know, formats where you can watch it repeatedly that lends itself to repeat viewing, which at the time, you know, <laughs> wasn't really an option. Unless you had a VCR. It was early. 83, though? Uh, yeah, some people would have had them, but they weren't common yet. Yeah, we had our beta in 84, I think. So. And you guys were super early adopters. Yep. Yeah. That behemoth, like 30 pound beta that's sitting in my garage that my dad paid like $800 for. <laughs> and now it's not worth much. I don't know. It might be worth something. I don't know. I should actually look that up. There's a collector somewhere that has refused to move on and only watches beta tapes and their machine just broke. Well, beta actually was a superior system to VHS, but VHS won the war. It porn. Did. Yep. Well, porn forwarded the whole. Technology. Yeah, that's an incredibly reductive argument, but it's the one you hear all the time. But anyway, that's another show we'll have to do. Or we did. Or will do. All right. So have we uh, have we talked enough about this? We need to move along. I, I'm ready for the break. I don't know about you guys. I mean, there's only so much you could say about six episodes before you start reciting the scripts as quotes. True. So uh, why don't you run along now, Josh? And next week, I'll show you why women can't play professional football. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of my favorite characters. I always liked Al. You got something on your face, Al. A whole chunk of cake falls on the desk. <laughs> and we've started just quoting. Yeah, here we go. All right, everybody. We will be back in a little bit, and we are going to talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes, we are. Nine-Nine! Nine-Nine! <laughs> woo! Woo! Yeah, I didn't get a woo out of that guy. Harumph. <laughs> I'll be watching you. All right, we'll be back in a little bit. All right, we are back. And now we're going to talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 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 <laughs> yes, uh, this is a uh, second part of our cop comedy show show where Captain Ray Holt takes over Brooklyn's 99th Precinct, which includes Detective Jake Peralta, a talented but carefree detective who's used to doing whatever he wants. The other employees of the 99th include Detective Amy Santiago, Jake's overachieving and competitive partner, Detective Rosa Diaz, a tough and kept-to-herself co-worker, Charles Boyle, 
Jake's best friend, who also has a crush on Rosa, Detective Sergeant Terry Jeffords, who has recently take off the feet, taken off the field at the birth of his twin girls, and Gina Linetti, the precinct's sarcastic administrator. That's all first season uh, breakdown. I know, right? And not entirely correct. She's not the administrator, but other than that. Yeah. I thought she was the civilian administrator. That was her position. Yeah, that is. Well, civilian liaison at first, and then she becomes Holt's assistant. Yeah, I was going to say she becomes his like admin assistant. Hmm. So, but anyway, still, I mean, it, it it gets all the main characters out, and yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's it's serviceable. It's, it's not. It's just not good. It's serviceable. Yeah. So uh, this uh, stars Andy Samberg as Jake Peralta, Stephanie Beatrice as Rosa Diaz. The always awesome Terry Cruz is Terry Jeffords. Melissa Fuermo is Amy Santiago. Joe Latrugillo as my personal favorite, Charles Boyle. <laughs> Andre Brower as the quiet but incredibly funny Captain Ray Holt. Dirk Blocker as Hitchcock. Joel McKinnon Miller as Scully. And Chelsea Peretti as Gina Linetti. Oh, you didn't put the vulture in here. Oh, he's a recurring character, but he's not part of the main yeah, cast. Yeah, he's not main yeah. cast. Yeah, he's not main cast, but he's one of my favorites. All right. That guy, so, that guy is good. Yeah, he is. Uh, so after uh, shooting each scenes a few times verbatim, the actors and actresses then shoot a few more when they improvise to make the scene funnier if possible. This method is also used on Parks and Rec and also co-created by this, co by this show's co-creator, Michael Schur. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting part of their process, and it's another show that we've already talked about how much we love. So yeah. And by the way, um, are you guys familiar with who Michael Schur is? Yeah, he's yeah. the guy who did Parks and Rec. But do you know who he is by chance? Uh, the first, he was also a producer on The Office, and he played a character on The Office. Does anybody know who that is? I knew he was a, a producer on The Office, but I did not know he was a character. Huh. Dwight's cousin Moe's. Oh, okay. I just saw that episode not too long ago. I didn't know that was him. Yep. Yeah. That's fantastic. He's also um, a creator of uh, The Good Place. Yep. Yep. Excellent. So uh, he's, and responsible people for, he's responsible for most of the popular current comedies right now. Yeah. For of sure. the last 10 years. Yeah. Nice. Uh, in an early episode, Terry Jeffords, played by Terry Crews, has to sketch the description of a criminal due to the normal sketch artist calling in sick. This actually happened to Terry Crews in real life, where he got his first job in the local news station as a sketch artist due to the regular artist calling in sick. And he, and he, is, a, he is a hell of an artist. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah. No. He, he, he made a, a, a second living when he was in the NFL drawing portraits of his teammates. Huh. Yeah, I would, do have would... read his AMA on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked up his art online. Wow. Dude's got skills. Yep. Oh, wow. But actually, I learned that in a, uh, when he did the Hot Ones episode before oh, his yeah. AMA. So, me. Uh, that was probably my favorite Hot Ones. That's actually probably where I got it, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that show. I... I'm just tossing this in here that there is very little that Terry Crews does that I do not say Terry Crews is awesome. True. I think he's always awesome. Sometimes the stuff he has chosen is on its own. Not all that great. Mm -hmm. but he's still good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. And and whatever he's doing, he's a hundred percent into. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. And so he, just, uh, yeah, he does not know how to phone it in. Yeah, that's no. true. He he's seems a, like a genuinely likable guy. Terry loves his yogurt. <laughs> Even his old spice commercials. That the dude's the dude is an inspiration. And you know, the and also him being on Reddit on um uh PC, uh, Josh, which one is it? Uh, PC Master Race, where he built his own computer and went on there and asked for help. Oh, yeah, yeah. So That was how, that was how he and his son bonded because, uh, well, yeah, we don't need to do a Terry Crews episode. But, but. <laughs> yeah, we do someday. But no, okay, right. Eventually. Uh, characters can occasionally be seen eating Let's Potato Chips, a fictional brand manufactured by ISS Props House, which have also appeared in Community, Orange is the New Black, New Girl, Arrested Development, and The Middle, uh, and along with many other television series. Let's. It's a funny name. Funny. That's funny. That's not <laughs> something I would have noticed without that trivia. No. Yeah, I wouldn't have either. Uh, it was originally Terry Crews who started saying, Nine Nine, in or on set to help motivate other casts. The writers liked this very much, so they decided to add it into the series. I have, okay, going back to Brooklyn Nine-Nine, going back to the beginning, this is the show that I put on when I'm depressed and need to laugh. 100% of the time, this show will make me laugh, even if I've already seen the episode. Yeah, it's got a lot of actual laugh-out-loud moments. Mm -hmm. It it really does. And the thing is, is that everybody who's in it, all the way down to, uh, like... Um, uh, Scully and Hitchcock, who I think are a riot. Yes, the whole the whole episode where they where they taking our pants off. No, Scully, you have grossly misheard the situation. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I think you have stolen the pie. There are crumbs all over your desk. Ah, (laughs) I think you're wrong. These are cupcake crumbs. These are cookie crumbs, and this is a potato chip. Don't you feel stupid? It's the 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 writing in it, and I think okay. So the the one of the main writers on this is is Andy Samberg, and I th- what I like about his writing is that there are so many moments where the the funniest line is spoken after the punchline. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they're they're good at the one two punch jokes. Yeah. Sure incredibly good at that and he he had just quit snl and had planned on retiring for a few years and he got this script across at his desk and it was so funny he just couldn't not do it well and it was a it was a smart choice yeah because i um i remember watching this when it first started because i was excited because i like sandberg um uh, hot rod is one of my favorite recent comedies Um, i've heard good things about that but i've never seen it Oh Same here. Same it's here. Danny McBride, um, uh, Ilsa Fisher. Um, it's got the, well, this only island. I mean, all three of them are in it, but uh, it's solid. But anyway, I, you know, I didn't keep watching it just because, you know, it's hard to keep up with shows. So I was glad we were doing this show. And I ended up making it through the entire first season before we recorded tonight, finally. Oh, so. you, you never made it past season one? No, I, I watched like the first six or seven episodes and I really liked it, but I just lost track of it and 
things, you know, there's just so much on mm-hmm. that I never came back to it. And I think I'd gotten rid of network TV. Uh, so uh, I've been wanting to come back to it at some point. And this gave me a reason to finally dig back into it. And I remembered why I liked it so much. Um, like I said, I, I just blew through the entire first season and I've already got the second season ready to go. I'm kind of where Joel is, where this is on the list of shows that I have always wished I made more time for. Cause every time I've watched it, I've thought it was hilarious, but I feel I've always felt bad that I haven't made more time for it than I had. Cause I, I've, I don't know that I've even seen like a full season, maybe a full season's worth across four different seasons, but like rarely more than two or three at a time. And you want to support stuff like this. Cause when there's good comedy TV shows out there, you know, everybody talks about them, but not enough people watch them. And then all of a sudden they fade off and then you watch them and you're like, damn, I wish more people would have watched this. Right. Oh yeah. I'm part of the problem. Arrested development. Well, I'm caught up that, on that. That's like, but I'm just saying that's like the poster child for that. Like nobody watched it when it was on network shows and it got popular afterwards. Everybody's like, Oh, I should have been watching this all along. And this has a great cast. I mean, everybody in it has a different character and um, they're all committed to their role. And it's nice to see not one, but two African-American leads who are, you know, the, um, the captain and the sergeant, you know, they're the two guys in control. Um, in, in in theory with this with this place right yeah but the, and they're also not like you'll see on a lot of cop shows where the black officer is characterized by his race where these guys have very distinct characters they're some of the strongest characters on the show oh completely terry terry i love for the fact that he is like the 100 percent family man in this in this thing where he's got the pictures of, the, of his little girls cagney and Lacey. yeah <laughs> great names yeah and I've never seen anybody fall asleep doing a chin up before. And the show <laughs> provided me with that. <laughs> um, plus Andre Brower is just, you know, he's another guy like Leslie Nielsen, where I think of him as being a serious actor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like a, a Sidney Portier type actor where he just does these really great serious roles. And then to see him in this, where he's still kind of that deadpan, um, serious character but he he gets some of the best lines did, did any of you happen to see the episode where he and kevin his husband are fighting and um rosa <laughs> the, the advice yes. to bone bone and, and andre brower go, you know, holt goes on like a full minute rant about you know how dare you talk to me like that use the word bone around bone? me <laughs> that, bone? that had me laughing so Hard and it's that Andrew Brower is is just like you say, Joel. You think him is that in that same Leslie Nielsen straight man? I'm a hundred percent. I am the I am the a hundred percent cop guy, but he has especially during like the Halloween episodes. Oh yeah, he is he he absorbs the comedy so well, but does not break character, and I think it shows so much for his ability as an actor. For sure. I've always considered him like you take Lance Reddick and remove most of the menace and you've got Andre Brower. I think I they're very similar actors in terms of the parts that they get to play. Only usually Reddick has got a little bit more sinister twinge to his characters. Bone! <laughs> 
Well, and I liked hearing him say Quasi Cakes. <laughs> which is hard to say. I never tried to say it until just now, but it's difficult to say. So, how far into it did have you gotten, Josh? We know Joel got through episode one. I'm through first the season. entire first season. Yeah, that's it. Uh, well, I watched quite a bit of season two. Uh, and th- like I said, I have randomly watched an episode here, an episode there over all of the seasons up through, I, I haven't watched any of six yet, but, uh, seasons one through five, I've watched quite a bit of just, I don't know. I'm probably missing 70% of each season, but I've seen a little bit of all of them. Well, the new season is happening right now. Like it's yeah. halfway through the new season. Yeah, I, oh, I assume you've seen all of it, Mike, based on what you said. Um, I I am about season six right now. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent behind it. Whatever, I this is one of those shows that I enjoy so much that I actually do not binge it. I, I, I w- get that. I get that. Yeah, because like I don't I don't want to watch all of them like blow yeah, my you water. You don't want to blow through it. You don't want to forget something about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, so it's one of those where like in the evening, we'll watch like one or two episodes of Brooklyn nine, nine because I, I don't know. Andy Samberg apparently read my bio and knows exactly what my comedy funny bone is. <laughs> <laughs> but this, it seems to me like one of those shows like the office where it, it holds up to rewatching and you'll catch other things and it's still funny. Like you yeah, said, I- Mm-hmm. Okay, just for reference, I've seen the whole run of this show twice now. I'm caught up on everything, and you know, so yeah, I've, I love this show. It's one of my favorite comedies out there right now. So I'm very familiar with it. I didn't need to watch any of them for this show. So, <laughs> well, I'm looking forward. We, we to run, we run the gamut game. really on this one. That's which is cool. Uh, I'm lo- I'm looking forward to taking the rest of the journey, um, just because it, it's. Wait! Wait till you meet you know, the Pontiac Bandit. See, that's a lot. I, I was watching season two. Oh, he was in season of, one. Yeah, Craig Robinson. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought he didn't come until season two. Yeah. No, oh, they they one. catch him again in season two where yeah, they're yeah, going yeah. on he, the he, giggle he's a pig. recurring character throughout the whole oh. run. And where, uh, do you, where do you get to the cruise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I met the fire chief. Hmm. Um, uh, Madeline Wunsch is a great one you haven't met yet. That's uh, this Kira Sedgwick plays her. Yeah, and Holt's comments about Wunsch oh, crack me up. Yeah, and I was so happy to see um, Dean Winters as the Vulture, just because I loved him since Oz. Yeah, and he's just such he a great. great he was great actor. in Thirty Rock too. Yeah. Oh my God, he was great in John Wick. Yeah, and his uh his oh, oh. commercials. Yeah, as as Mayhem. Yeah, I mean the guy has got a an image that he. He is just a hundred percent diving into, and he was uh, uh, no joke. He was literally homeless when he was discovered. Like he huh. had just, he had just, like he was trying to be an actor, and he had just lost his apartment. He had, was in a car for like a week when he got cast as uh, Liz Lemon's boyfriend in Thirty Rock. I heard he was parked next to Jewel. She was in her car too. Ooh. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that joke would land. <laughs> I was wrong. The only person that I'm a little I I, I like Chelsea Chelsea Peretti in uh in Kroll Show. And you know, she 
does what she does well, but sometimes I just kind of want to punch her. And and I don't mean like, you know, I'm supporting Gina, Gina Linetti will grow on you. Yeah, I, she I mean, will. She, there are plenty of people in, cause I've tried to get a lot of people to watch the show and there's plenty of people that she's their least favorite, but she will grow on you. I mean, yeah. I think my favorite bit from her from season one is when uh, they're at the chiefs um, or the, they're at Andre Brower's uh, birthday party. And uh, <laughs> she's talking with all the, she's talking with the the psychologist or whatever the professor of abnormal <laughs> psychology and just some of the shits he says is just is totally up my you know comedy creek you mean your butt <laughs> yeah that's his comedy yeah. crack oh <laughs> ah. yeah. i see what you did there but yeah I'm, no i mean i think personally my my favorite character is um I just I had just said it it's uh, uh Boyle Joel Trujillo is hilarious to me he is so incredibly awkward in literally everything he does and he's got some of the great just throwaway lines mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. whenever someone will like crush his dreams and like the the line he uses next but I really wanted to what you know like just oh my god just so funny. I mean, like, the, like, don't say it, Charles. Because, it's because we were we used to be lovers. Damn it. <laughs> well, and you know, in 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 the course of a show, you see characters kind of grow and change and and kind of come into their own. Like going back to the office, you know, that first until you hit this middle of second season, they haven't really flushed out who the main characters are or what their kind of quirks are and things. They're a little bit there, but they're kind of in the background until they get it all figured out and then they just run with it. Yeah. Phyllis is no one in season one, you know? Yeah. There's a bunch of other people in the office that just disappear. Yep. But in this show, it felt like when it hit the ground, everybody knew where they were going and they've just kind of built on it, but the characters were already there. They were established and it, it is a credit to the writing um, that they knew what they wanted and, and they just hit the ground running. Yeah. Cause that's kind of a almost accepted uh, not really trope, but whatever about sitcoms. It's like, it takes a good, you know, three, four seasons before they, you know, the characters really start gelling and they really start understanding their characters. And, you know, that's why usually in most sitcoms, the best episodes are in the third, fourth, you know, second, third, fourth seasons. Cause it takes a little while. This one, they hit the ground, they hit the ground running. They all have had came out of the gate with a clear concept of what their characters were. And, and like a lot of play, a lot of shows do the cheap laugh of, okay, this is our characters, you know, personality, and and the best jokes are all going to be about when we break that personality and they do something out of character. Like every now and then, like you know, Andre Brower will will do something animated, but for the most part, most of his humor is just from his deadpan delivery, mm-hmm. from and and that's like the core of his character, and they never you know it just never wavers, and that's one of the nice things about this show is they. They all have clearly defined characters that they and, and personality traits that they don't break just for the sake of making a joke. They make the jokes around their personalities. Yeah. And I love a good buddy comedy cop movie, <clears throat> you know, Beverly Hills Cop or Bad Boys or whatever, where they kind of have those moments where there's some kind of cool stuff going on, but overall it's it's about the humor and kind of a maybe what wouldn't be a humorous situation. And this plays on that nicely too. It's got that good kind of buddy cop feel. And just you know, and it. watch it, watching 
you know, the relationship between uh, Santiago and Peralta change over the course of the series is it's, it's, a, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to watch it mature. Mm hmm. Title of your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, what? No, that, and that's, and that's one of the, uh, they, uh, in, in going along with police squad, there are running gags like title of your sex tape that they seem to pace out perfectly that they never get old. I don't, you know, spoiler alert, whatever. The first time that, you know, Peralta and Santiago hook up and, you know, you see them in, in bed the next morning. You know, he said he, he makes a joke. And he's like, title of your sex tape. And he stops. He's like, title of our sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> I Honestly, I think my favorite hookup in the end, again, spoilers, is when um, when Boyle and uh, Linetti hook up. I was I was muted, but I was trying to say I don't know if you should spoil that one. But... I'm spoiling that one because yeah. it is amazing. Wait, yeah. which one spoil again? Okay, if you didn't hear it, then we're not going to repeat it. Yeah, I'm not repeating the other thing because when it happens, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty funny. I mean, is it all that out there? Because like I know no. about it. It was at the end of season one. It was the very last thing that happened. They didn't get too far into it. They just woke up in bed together and and. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. Went, oh, you've already nice seen thing. it, and then you know, I guess you know, fuck you, listeners, if you whatever. But yeah, so I like, mean, that was 2013, and people know we spoil what we talk about. Okay, yeah, that's a good I point. Hope. That if it was if it was first season, then yeah. Yeah, it was it? That, that was one of the things yeah. I left out earlier in the boil line was when when, when he's all like when he he says to Gene at one point because because we're sibling lovers and she's like I told you not to say that. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's so awkward and so offensive. It's amazing. Yeah, and he's just yeah he's just so good at it and like his culinary obsession. Whenever he starts describing food, uh -huh. and he, he always turns it sexual. <laughs> and my code name will be the Deuce. <laughs> it's like an ace, but it's twice as cool. No, it's a turd. <laughs> I also like uh, Sandra Bernhardt as uh, Lenetti's mom. That yeah. was great casting right there. Yeah, that that whole that whole uh, plotline of of Sandra Bernhardt and um, and Jimmy Jimmy Smith as Santiago's dad is a great cast, great casting too. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is even even to the secondary and tertiary characters, they really put a lot of thought into the people that they are they're putting in with the with the team. Well, I have, oh, obviously, right. I have I have yet to see a throwaway character in the show. Well, then you have some nice um, uh, tie-ins with other. People like other uh, comedians and stuff like the um, Adam Sandler bit where he's at he, he's at the auction. Oh, the auction, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, he's talking about how he's Adam Andy Sandberg is is um, talking about how you know he's making a new or Adam Sandler's making a new movie and he's like, "Who's Kevin James play?" Because he said he's making a serious movie. Yeah, um, I'm making a serious period piece about the American Revolution. Yeah, who does Kevin James play? <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's like, uh, I forget who he plays now. Benedict Arnold, I think is who it was. <laughs> I don't remember who it was. Yet. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. And it was just a nice little riff on each other and it gave him a chance to kind of, you know, because he and Andy Samberg kind of took over the Adam Sandler role on SNL when he left. Yeah. So it was a nice kind of callback. And 
Speaking of callbacks, I love seeing the characters that uh, are the actors who drift between the Michael Schur shows. Like when one ends, they'll show up as a new character in another show. You've seen a lot of Office alums come from the Office to either this or Parks and Rec or both. Uh, and sometimes they'll show up again on The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Well, you get your favorites, you know. So you want to stick with them in like your Tarantino troop or your right. It's exactly like that where they yeah. keep going to the same. Well, and you're not going to see all of the same faces in all of the shows, but you're not surprised when you see someone who was a, a really awesome character on one show. Has, has Catherine Tate been, or not Catherine Tate. Um, um, Oh God, I can't think of her name all of a sudden. Um, shit. I'm glad I interrupted for this. Who who can you give us more to go off of? No, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of from the um, office because I mean Catherine Tate was on the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, but that's not who I'm trying to think of. Um, the woman who played the political strategist on Parks and Rec. I can't think of her name. Oh, uh, dang it! Now I'm blanking because I know exactly <laughs> who you're talking about. Yeah, um, I can't picture. Her, and we just did that show not that long ago. Anyway, whatever. Never mind. But she hasn't been on. Um, she hasn't been on Brooklyn Brooklyn Nine Nine yet, has she? Uh, that's Catherine Hahn. Hahn. I don't Thank think you. she's been on Nine Nine. Yeah, I'm waiting for that one. Uh, I would like see. to think I would have remembered it because I like her a lot. She's but funny. Could have sworn she was on. Oh no, she was. She, she was? was in. Uh, she was Eleanor Horswell in Hostage Situation. Oh, I don't remember that one at all. Yeah, I just went because I knew I'd seen her on one of the other shows, but I thought it was the good place. But no, it was nine. Oh, oh, the bank, the bank one. She played one of the people trapped. Yeah, I remember that now. Yep. She was really obnoxious. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's such a small part. I wish they used her for a recurring role. There's still time. Can I also toss in here that the episode where they have Terry Crews in a fat suit was Oh, I gotta amazing. say that. Yeah, oh. he, he, he discovers the chocolate nips or whatever they are. Oh, yeah, I lo Terry loves his cocoa nibs. <laughs> <laughs> he starts, uh, um, Boyle introduces him to cocoa nibs, and he starts giving himself cocoa nibs whenever he does something good, and he has like duffel bags of cocoa nibs. Oh, Jesus. And it is so weird to see Terry Crews in like done up in a fat suit that it just blows your mind. It 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 is probably is one of my favorite shows. Oh, I episodes. I remembered something. I um one of the things that they do on the show that I like that um <clears throat> Family Guy kind of did to death is the we're going to tell a, a little brief anecdote, but we're going to show you it. Mm -hmm. And they don't do it all the time on the show, but when they do it, it's it's. It's a nice touch because Family Guy, that's like the whole point of the show anymore is, you know, we're going to do little visual anecdotes. Yeah, they write the cutaways first and then they build a plot so they can show cutaways. Right. Here, the cutaways are, they tie in with the story and with what they're talking about. And it's just funny little bits that uh, uh, just add to it instead of our, it's a, it's a, a benefit instead of a detractor, you know? Um and so this is something I thought about earlier and I meant to mention before I forgot. No, I agree with you on that. They, those little like flashbacks to Jake when he was a kid type of things are 
uh, they're funny enough and quick enough that they don't interrupt with the whole story. The uh, yeah. flashback to the eighties with Hitchcock and Scully. Had oh my God. That whole oh. episode was amazing. The wing sluts. <laughs> that was such a great episode. Well, and the guy that plays his husband, who plays Kevin, um, I can't think of when I was watching, I'm like, I know this guy. I've seen him in something else and I cannot place what he was in where he played a similar kind of character. It was just kind of this deadpan straight laced guy. Um, and I was hoping one of you guys would help me remember so I wouldn't have to look it up, but now I'm looking it up because I can't remember. That was a great story. I didn't recognize him from anything other than looking like Bill Nye. Kind of does. <laughs> I'm looking it up now because it's going to drive me nuts otherwise. And since you guys aren't being very helpful, that's what we're here for. <clears throat> Patrick, with your perfect memory. Not me. I'm not around to be helpful. We've been over this. What are you here for? He's a talent, damn it. I am the talent, exactly. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. Damn it. Uh, Kevin. Whoops. Don't do that. Oh, wait. Jason Jason Mansukas is on this show? Well, he's he's one of those actors that they keep going. I mean, even mm. Andy Samberg, 9-9 uh, wasn't his first Michael Schur role. He was in Parks mm -hmm. and Rec. But yeah, his, his character arc is brilliant. He plays an undercover cop. Oh right, he was on the good place. He was the he's the the kind of uh, and he played Rafi on the uh, league. Yeah. yeah, and Jim O'Hare is in Nine Nine as a Florida sheriff. Mm -hmm. uh, in in the good place, he's um, uh, Ted Danson's boss. Uh, Mark Evan Jackson is in all three Good Place, Nine Nine, and Parks and Rec. Nice. Yeah, he's uh, he's the attorney who has no time for puns in Parks and Rec. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's who you're talking about, Mark Evan Jackson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Every time I see Dirk Blocker's name, I think it says Dick, <laughs> and that makes it funnier. Dick Blocker. Anyway. Well, you would know. Cock blocker. Harp to derp. Cock blocker. All right, so we all love Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I'm going through. Are we going to do a thumbs up, thumbs down on this, or are we just going to assume that? I, I think it's pretty obvious that we're all thumbs up on both. I mean, I think yeah. the Naked Gun kind of shaped uh, my humor anyway, in, in a lot of ways, um, seeing it as a kid. And this just is right in my wheelhouse, this show. So, yeah, definitely thumbs up on both. I mean, it was not as obvious for me because, like I said, that the parody humor is not necessarily my jam. So I kind of wondered if going back and watching Police Squad, it might not hold up, but it totally did. I think it's because the whole police procedural drama stuff is so... It, it There's no real decade for it. It's a cop show. A cop show is a cop show is a cop show. And I think that's why it holds up. And not to mention, I mean, you know, it's not exactly topical humor going for, you know, puns and sight gags. So they don't exactly lose their quality over time. Mm. You're the same. If you're making a joke about something on the screen, well, that's going to last. You know, you don't have to worry about it losing its effect over whatever, you know, like the cigarette joke. People could clearly say, see, you're trying to give them a cigarette and they responded, you know, incorrectly. That's a joke that's going to 
it's not gonna it's not gonna age badly, you know. Right. I think it holds up. Yeah. For Joe. For sure. Nice. All right, so Joel, what are we doing next week? Ah, uh, next week we're gonna get our fat bottom girls on their bicycle and uh head out for a little Bohemian Rhapsody. It is the Queen show. We're gonna I was gonna about- say that's the weirdest <laughs> way to say the Queen show I could have come up with. <laughs> yeah. It is the oh. Queen show. We're gonna be doing uh albums, we're gonna be doing the movie itself, and we're gonna be talking about them just as artists in general. Yeah. yeah, our personal experiences. Yeah, if you want to give us uh, your favorite moments of uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, or maybe talk about Queen, uh, give us a call. Let us know seven zero eight now wrap. That's seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven. Yep. And as was said before, if you're looking for our older stuff, we're on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, and Stitcher. And uh, go to a Pod Chaser and leave us a review. Hoo ha! Woo! I don't have the theme music. So imagine it's there. Da 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 da. That was Brooklyn Nine Nine. Was it? Yeah. I thought I was doing vehicle. Are you sure that was a vehicle? <laughs> Are they the song, same song? Is that the theme from Space Quest? That's, I was, damn it, I was just about to say that. Ah. I was like, I'm not going to interrupt him. I'll wait. I'll add to the joke. But you stole the joke. Woo! Shh. Five, four, three, two, one. Never Hello. seen a tycoonie. God damn it! Brad-on, brad-on, dad-on. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> That's not what the theme song sounds like at all. How <laughs> well, many doing... of you ever even heard a chicken? Thunder. <laughs> Thunder. I, was, I, was, I was doing Space Quest. <laughs> <laughs>